Hi, I'm Pastor Peter Dosick, and I know that you know that. But I want to encourage you that you understand the values of your church. What is important, the first and foremost important thing about a believer's life is that they have faith. They believe in God, 
They believe in his ways, his counsel, his statutes, and his judgment. So, as a believer, as a member of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, come together. Let's grow in faith so we can please God and glorify him. We believe in building strong friendships, caring for one another, and watching out for our brothers and our sisters in our church family. We also believe in nurturing relationships in our workplace and our neighborhood so that we can win people to Jesus. The love we experience in our upward connection with Christ is the love we strive to share every single day because we value relationships. It is no secret around here that one of our top values is being a rescuer for Christ. You may be saying, Nicole, I don't know how to rescue somebody. What if they're broke? What if they need mended? That's okay. If they do, you're in the right place at the right time. Remember, it's not our job to fix anyone. That's God's job. But it is our job to share the love of Jesus Christ, like someone shared with you. Share his love. Share your testimony. It'll work. Hello, welcome to Only Believe Ministries. Welcome family and visitors and friends tonight. We're so glad that you've come out to be a part of this beautiful service. Tonight, Brother Jesse's going to be with us, and tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I know a lot of you have come expecting. You've been cooped up in the house over the holidays. It's time to break out and get some word. Amen? So welcome to our family, and I hope you've enjoyed your time here already tonight. So I got a couple important announcements, and then we're going to break right into worship tonight. One of the first things here at Only Believe Ministries is so important is we start 21 days of prayer tomorrow. Tomorrow. So our church, come early for service. Stay late. We're going to come back at 7 o'clock and meet for prayer from 7 to 8. But the church will be open all day long if you'd like to come. We're encouraging those of you to fast if you'd like. If there's something, maybe you want to fast one meal a day. Maybe you say, Nicole, I've got three days in me. Whatever you got, it's good. But there's no better time and way to start your new year than consecrating yourself and giving that 21 days to the Lord and saying, God, show me what you you have for 2021. Amen. So that's what we're doing. So that's going to go from the 3rd until the 24th. Also, I want to remind you that signups for small group for Only Believe Family, that starts right now. You can go out to the Welcome Center. You can sign up online. There are groups that you can join. There is limited space. So remember, our Wednesday night service is breaking into small groups. And if not, then you can stay in the main house. And there will also be a message uh, with a series from Pastor Dosick going on as well. And then I want to remind all of the visitors, family, and friends tonight that on February 12th and 13, mark your calendars. If you have a marriage, you need to be here. That's all there is to it. It's the EXO conference. We do it every year here at Only Blade Ministries. It's really fun. We don't have a lot of details yet, just based on everything that's going on. So we don't want to prepare and give details out until we know what's being required of us. But we know that on the 12th and 13th, for everyone for Valentine's weekend, you can make your marriage better by joining us in the EXO conference. Randy and I come every year. We enjoy it. And remember this, your marriage needs maintenance. Don't wait till it breaks. All right? Stand to your feet if you would. We're going to worship the Lord together in spirit and truth. Come on. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Give him praise for something he did in your life this week. And let
calling me deeper, deeper still. So I'm going deeper, deeper still into your love because your love keeps going deeper, deeper still. You're calling me deeper, deeper still. So I'm going deeper, deeper still into your love. Still, so I'm going deep into your love because your love keeps going deeper, deeper. Still, you're calling me deep, so I'm going deeper, deeper. Still, into your love, into your love, there is freedom in the water. There is healing in the water. Oh, Jesus, you're the real and never find the end. There is freedom in the water. There is healing in this water. Oh, Jesus, you're the river and never find the end. Come on, saints. There's freedom here tonight. There's healing. Healing this house tonight. In the water. Oh, Jesus. Just jump in. Just jump in. It will never find the end. There is freedom. In the water. There is healing.
never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Oh, no, we won't. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down.
you're in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Everything in your life has led you up to tonight. Amen. So it must be where God wants you. Somebody said, well, what if you get ahead of God? What if you get behind God? Well, the Bible said he would never leave me nor forsake me. How do I get ahead of anybody? How do I get behind? I'm right on time. Amen. Doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm right on time. Hallelujah. So we're going to receive our tithing offering for the church tonight. Make your checks payable to Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. And as you give, you know it's going to be given back to you. Wednesday night, I started a series of called Revolution. It simply means that we are to overthrow the things that govern our life and set up new government in it. In other words, we need to lead a revolt against fear, against sickness, against lack, against poverty, against poverty. It rules our lives. It rules our decisions. It rules our motives. It rules our purposes. And it rules our visions. So I am encouraging everybody to become a revolutionist. You know, Jesus came and led a revolt against death. Amen. He led a revolt against sickness. He led a revolt against blindness. He led a revolt against oppression. He led a revolt against sin. Amen. And so you and I are to turn the world upside down. It's not God's world. It's the world of the devil has framed and formed. And you and I need to get about turning it right back up to where it glorifies God. Amen. So on Wednesday night, I'm start, I've started that series. But as we're here, everybody needs to make a decision. What is 2021 going to be? Is it going to be a year like you just come out of? Or is it going to be a year where you rise up and make God your source? Rise up and make God your source. Abraham said, I won't take from you a shoe latchet, least you would say that you made me rich. See, he led a revolt against lack and against poverty, and he pursued God's wealth to rule his life. He was a tither. Amen? He was a tither. He was a giver. We know that because Isaac learned how to sow from his father. And so when you become a tither and a giver, you lose the principles of freedom financially. And it will come into your life and it will set you free. It will transform how you think and how you act. So today, as you give, as you sow a seed, sow it with faith. Don't just sow it. Sow it with purpose. Amen? Sow it with purpose. 
You are not going to be poor no more. The Bible said Jesus bore your poverty that you might be made rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. That's his plan for your life. Amen? So let's get about the Father's business. Somebody said, what are you going to do with all that money? I, I, Lord, I, there are billions of people that need to get saved. We just need to get in front of them. Amen? And so I want to encourage you tonight. Somebody say tonight. This moment right here. This moment will determine God's activity in your next moment. So if you sow tonight a seed, it will be enough to break poverty if you will take a stand of faith and believe. Amen? That's it. All you got to do is sow it. Well, how long? Doesn't matter. But when will it come to pass? Already did when you sowed it. Now you just stand and be encouraged and keep your lips quiet, your brain still, and let God do all the movement and the talking. Amen. So let's sow a seed tonight to change the next moment so it'll be a God-filled moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, seeds, seeds, God, seeds, the working of the kingdom, releasing a supernatural harvest. God, that doesn't just come from our labor, but God comes from your faithfulness. God, we thank you that God, as we sow tonight, we are going to break the rule of poverty over our life. Now, God, we thank you for every seed that is sown is multiplied. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Stand your feet. Bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. service, Brother Jesse is going to be praying for the sick. Words of knowledge are going to happen. So when he ministers to you in the gifts of the Spirit, you know that God is showing up because your faith has been released for this moment.
that it can come to pass. Now, I do want to encourage you that you get ready to hear what Brother Jesse's got to say because it's important. Amen? It is important. Brother Jesse, come on up here. Hallelujah. Brother Jesse. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yeah, I like those tennis shoes. What, yeah, what size are they? They're size eight. Oh, man, sorry. I wear nine and a half. All right. Now, look. <laughs> now your feet's bigger than mine? Yeah, How come I'm taller than you? How did that happen? Well, what's tallness got to do with anything? Hey, what's love? Look, <laughs> I don't know. Love starts at the shortest and goes up. I love preaching in this book, but it yeah. makes me feel tall. There, you, there you go. <laughs> hey, I'm going to have a miracle service All right. January 31st. Okay. And I'm going to believe God, every sick person under the sound of my voice is going to be here. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yep, it, it's going to happen, praise God. Amen. And uh, we're going to see the blind. I know they think that's a joke. No. It, it's the truth. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, today and forever. and be healed forever. Then, heal now. Amen, and he will. Praise God. So, and I know you're going to pray for the sick tonight. If you want me to. I want you to. Hallelujah. They, sh they should get healed by hearing the word. Yeah, they sure can. Yeah, you get it. Lay I mean, hold of it. Why well, wait to the end? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, listen, I want to encourage you, too, before you leave, that you become a partner of Jesse oh, McClanish Ministries. Thank you. Amen. I get 10%, and I need that. <laughs> I'm kidding. But if you will get a magazine that will encourage you, you'll be getting into good soil and ministry that is growing and reaching people that are lost, that ordinarily could not be reached. So I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, don't just walk by the table. Stop and get involved in something bigger than you. Hallelujah. Because it will bless you. Amen? Hallelujah. All righty. Brother Jesse? Yes, sir. Preach to him. Praise I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> God Hallelujah. Bless you, God bless you. Give Pastor Dozek a wonderful hand clap. What a bless. Come on, you can do better than that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Glory. The Lord is in the house. It's always a high honor to come to only believe. My Lord, I love the name of this place. I love the name of this ministry, only believe. I mean, what, why, why, why shouldn't you? You know, God's been so good and gracious. I wish Kathy could be here tonight, but she's, got a, she's the pastor of our church, and so she's got to preach tomorrow and all that kind of stuff, and which is good. I pay her to do that, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, the Lord's been so good and gracious. We thank you for coming out tonight. I think this is the, probably the first time I can remember, maybe I'm wrong in it, that I've come to Botkins with no snow. I said, where the snow? My Lord, it is, a, you know, I've never seen your land before. There's a lot of it. My God, man, I was looking, uh, we flew into Wapakoneta. If you don't know how to speak in tongues, say that real fast. It sounds just like God. You know, my, my Lord. And it's just such a blessing. And we're just excited about what God is doing. And uh, we always start our ministry off. And ladies and gentlemen, this is my 34th year. 34. I saw the paperwork that I said, 34. Good Lord. Praise. Peter's getting old. But anyway, praise. <laughs> Come quickly, Joe. We brought some, uh, some stuff. Uh, I hope you can get some of these things tonight. I've heard it all. They're very, very good. This just came out. I think it was last year. I'm not quite sure. 
I, and I may, but I have to say it again, and I'm going to do this in July for the rest of my life. This book took me 30 years to write it. I would want to write it for 30 years, and the Lord wouldn't let me do it. And, I, and it's called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, and Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year for me. I don't really celebrate uh, New Year's very much, you know, but I'm a Christmas person. I always have been. Anyway, I was in a mall, make a long story short, and I was just, I like to go watch, you know, look at the trees and listen to the music and, you know, watching people. And the, people seem a little nicer around Christmas, you know. And this song was said, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm just enjoying myself because I shop on Christmas Eve. I do like the movies do. They go on Christmas Eve, you know what I'm saying? And most people don't, but I do. And uh, the Lord said, you go home and write that book. I took off, man. I came home and I began to write this. And, uh, and it's, it, they say, is it the Christmas story? Well, it's in the Christmas time, but it's about the different characters that God used to get Jesus on the ground. See, Jesus would have never been born in Bethlehem. No, prophecy would have never come to pass. Why? Because you don't put a nine-month pregnant woman on a donkey, go 110 miles. She's not going to make it, and she'll kill you in the process. She'll have that baby. See, but you just can't do that unless Caesar Augustus tell you to do it. Because if you don't, he'll kill you. Mean man. Think about that. And I, I start talking about the characters that God used to get Jesus on the ground. Caesar Augustus, of all people, the unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. It's unconscious to them, yet God's using them. Cyrus. Think about that. Unconscious. Don't even realize what they're doing. Well, why does God have to use an unbeliever? Because believers won't do what he says. Thank you for that Holy Ghost grunt. Do you see what I'm saying? And think about the different people that God used. Why would you use John the Baptist? Most people wouldn't have liked him. Preach hell so hot you can smell smoke when you get to town. But he was Jesus' first cousin. Do you know them babies were talking to each other in the womb? Them babies were something, but and Jesus, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He started jumping in like crazy into Elizabeth. Think about that. Three wise men. Why them guys? Why didn't the shepherds bring Jesus a gift? They had the blessing of Abraham on them. Don't shout me down. Broke as a junkyard dog. The first people to ever give to Jesus' ministry was the Gentiles. Us. Shout, I just set you free. Us. They had, this, they had the blessing of Abraham. On them, they were the seed of Abraham and, and yet had nothing. Yet these men came 1,500 miles to see where is he who was born king of the Jews. Now, let me just say this. Jerusalem to Bethlehem is six miles and them guys couldn't get one rabbi to go six miles to see the birth of Jesus. They even get around Christ. These characters, my Lord. And they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they called it worship. We call it offerings. They called it worship. We've come to worship him. You see what I'm saying? And then you, you just go through the, and you, and you get to a woman named Mary. I talk about Mary in this book. Not about the virgin birth. We know about that. Is that the strength of this girl. 15 years old, because if you got pregnant, you wouldn't marry then, they'd kill you. In fact, Joseph thought to kill her, and Gabriel had to stop him. I hope you can get this book. You can read it all through. It's, it's around the Christmas story, but it's the different characters that God uses to get Jesus on the ground. What characters did God use to get you into the kingdom? Think about that. 
My Lord, I hope you can get it. It's back there if you like. And then I, I wrote this many years ago. It's called For By It or For By Faith. I got to looking at the spelling of faith, F-A-I-T-H, and the word it's right in the middle of it. F-A-I-T-It. See, if you don't know what it is, you will never have it. You'd be surprised how many people go to church and don't know what they already, what's in, inside of them, what they're willing to do if they just know what it is. It's a little small book. It will bless you. This thing, is, I don't know how many, good Lord, it's outsold. I don't know how many times we've had to print this thing. If you don't know what it is, you won't have it. How many want to know what it is? It, faith, it, and God. The only way you're going to get God's attention is through faith. I don't care what you do because you can't please him unless you use faith. You can hope till you're blue in the face, but it won't work. It's a good blueprint, but it doesn't build a house. This is back there. Go avail yourself to that if you so desire. And then how many of you have seen these things that we've been putting on? Oh, God, for all these years, it's called a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You've seen that we put it on, the, on the, what they call social media and everything. And people just go slap nuts. You see me young, fat, skinny, brown-headed, white-headed. This is a new one called Volume 8. People get these things, invite people over to the house, pop popcorn, watch it, and people get saved while they're eating popcorn. <laughs> because it's funny. It's, all, it's a hilarious story. And this is a new volume, volume eight. In fact, now, now I look like this. It's me now. Praise the Lord. So go back there, avail yourself to that if you so desire. I, I'll deal with that later. And uh, anyway, go back there and you'll be blessed by it. Stand to your feet one more time. Stretch a little bit. If you have to rub something, rub it quick. Get it over with. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We've got a wonderful crowd here tonight. What a blessing of the Lord. Uh, I want to make the announcement. I don't care what anybody tells you. The COVID thing is over with. You can forget about that mess. You can forget about that. I believe that. Not because it's 2021. It was over before it started. Well, supposing you got it and died, then I go to heaven. Well, suppose you don't get it and you stay. I still go to heaven. I had a man tell me that. Keep standing for a minute. He's all worried about all this election stuff. People are going to slap crazy. They said, Brother Jesse, what are you doing? I said, occupy till it comes. It's just, it's just a simple verse. Occupy till it comes. One man said, my God, if Biden gets in, we're going to have to pay more taxes. I said, then you make more money. He said, you don't seem to worry about nothing. Nothing. Why? Occupy till it comes. I read the end of the book. We win. We just simply win. I mean that sincerely. So you may be seated for just a few minutes. Let me speak a few words to you. And if you need healing, you get it now. Right where you're sitting, you can, com you can command angels to go forth. Angels are ministering spirits. You're on a higher class than angels. What? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Ah. The son of man that I visited him. You ever heard of God visiting an angel? No, but he'll visit you. Because you made in his image and his like, what's the difference? See, Gabriel, Michael, the archangel, all these wonderful people, they have a name of God on them, but you have the name of God in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. More than just the glory of God. He's got over 70 names. He's I am that I am. You see, you got to know the difference between Christ. Well, see, you got to understand. Can I just give you a little piece of this? Not my sermon, but I just felt the Lord to do this. In all the Gospels, everyone, Matthew, 
Mark and Luke start with the incarnation. Great. Not John. He starts from the beginning. Vast difference. He says, in the beginning, was. You got to know the difference between was and made. Jesus was not created. He was. I am. I am. That's resolute. You got to know the difference between the two. He started with something that the other ones didn't get. They start with the incarnation. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And Jesus is the creative agent in everything you see on the pew that you're sitting on. What, the original parts of that pew were created by Jesus himself. He was. Let me explain it to you. How many of you know your mother and father? Hold your hand up. How you know that they're your mother and father? You can't remember. They just was. See, I have a daughter named Jody. So she said, you're my dad. You know, now to her, she has a beginning. Me was. Do you see my point? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's God. See, you got to understand, you got to know the vast difference between was and made. He was not created. He just was. I am. That's what Moses couldn't understand. What's your name? And it's the name above all names. And that name resides in you. So it don't make no difference what they do it. It, who cares what they do? You was. How many are you going to live forever? You know why? Was. He goes back all the way to the beginning. Not the beginning of creation. Was. Oh, that's good. For further tapes by Jesse Duplantis. But anyway, Lord Jesus. <laughs> If you got your Bible, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 14. I like to read out the old King James Version. I like it. You may have a different translation. And you that are watching, if you're watching online, praise God, go to Matthew, chapter 14. And I, you know, when I come here, uh, how many of you get my pardon the letter and all this kind of stuff? You're on my mailing list. We got a new theme for 2021. And, uh, but I got, I, I never preached the original theme of 20 here. So I'm going to do that in the morning. And uh, so I hope you can come in the morning. But I, I want to deal with all this stuff out here. People can't get over. They say, that Jesse don't plan. He don't worry about nothing. You're right. I don't care about nothing. <laughs> I've cast all my care. How can I care when I don't have any? You know what care is? It's a form of pride. You're saying God can't handle your business. So you got to take it from him and worry about it. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But I'm trying, trying to get nothing done. I didn't try to come here. I did. You, the reason why you came, you could, I was not in your room of your five senses. You drove here. You couldn't see me, smell me, touch me. I, I was not in the room of your five senses, yet you just came. You know why? Because you didn't have a care. Do you see my point? you understand what I'm saying? I want to start reading Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to give you the title of this message after I read this scripture. We're going to start with verse 22. The Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, to go before him unto the other ship, while he sent the multitudes away. Underline that. Most head preachers do not send the multitudes away. Jesus was so unique. He had just finished, he had been preaching all day long and fed the 5,000. If you read a little further on, the 5 or 4,000, whatever it was, I think. Watch this. Now, you know he's tired, right? 
So he tells his disciples, get in the boat. Now, I'm going to take care of the people. Y'all just go on to the other side. But most of the time, other people take care of the people, and, and, and you take the uh, head person, or the, well, you call him what you want, you know, the main speaker, whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus was just unique that day. So you can say, y'all go in a boat and, uh, and just get to the other side, and I'm going to take care of the people. Think about that. Now watch this, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went into a mountain apart to pray. <laughs> now he'd been preaching all day. He's tired. Then he sends all the people away. Then he goes up to the mountain to pray. And if you keep following this scenario, you'll find him the next morning at the synagogue. Jesus is a church goer. The Bible says in Luke 4, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Yeah. Notice that. You would think he would have went back to a place and get, get some rest, take a nap, sleep, do something. He goes up to pray. After he's then preached all day long, fed all these people, and then he gets rid of all the people, takes care of them, and then he sends his disciples away. Watch this, verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves. For the wind was contrary. Would you underline that statement? Very important. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, underline that too in your Bible. What's the fourth watch? What does that mean? Well, what's the first watch? What's the second watch? What's the third watch? What's the fourth watch? Hmm, we'll deal with that in a minute. Underline that. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. My God, you mean to tell me you've been with him all day long, feeding him thousands of people, you can't recognize who Jesus is? <laughs> My God, you've just been with him all day, and you can't recognize that? See, but fear blinds you. Fear will blind you completely, and you can be that close to Jesus. Let me read that verse again. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Hey, it's me. And Peter, you know, Peter's always trying to put his nose where he shouldn't. Peter answered, him and said, Lord, if it be thou, now he don't know. You mean to tell me Peter can't recognize Jesus and he's the head of his ministry? He had chosen Peter to be the head of the Jesus, the National Evangelistic Association. One of the three teaching apostles, the apostle Paul, the apostle John, the apostle Peter. He can't recognize him. See, he's got blind. He's blind in fear. But it's something unique about it. He's willing to give it a shot. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. Verse 29, he said, come. Now I want to stop there for a minute. I'm going to get ahead of myself. How many words from Christ does it take for you to obey him? How many words? Does it take a paragraph? Does it take a thesis? Does it take a term? How many words got, got to send you before you? This is just one. I mean, how many words does it take for you to be a blessing to someone? One word, give. 
How many words does it take to get saved? Two, get saved. <laughs> or be saved. How, how many words does it take to be healed? Be healed. How many words does it take for you to hear God? That'll preach right there for hours. Mm. He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Look at me. He's walking in fear. He don't know. But when you're that close to Jesus, his faith will hold you up when you're fearing. He's walking. Because he obeyed one word, come. But when he saw the wind boss, nah, ah, when you take your eyes off of the Lord. Because all this stuff is real out here. But when he saw the wind boss, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he didn't sink. He began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now watch this. If this is Peter and I'm Jesus, this is how close he is. And immediately, the verse says, the next verse, immediately is suddenly his twin brother. Don't take long to get immediately working. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. So if this is Peter and I'm Jesus. He's beginning to sink. Why would you begin to sink when you're this close? Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him and said to him, Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? My, my God, you're this close, boy. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. I want to talk tonight about impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. <laughs> We've had some contrary winds, haven't we? Lord, people don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, Jesus, what are we going to do? Walk. And yet the church hadn't fallen. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I built my church. He said, I will build my church. Your church is a present thing, not a past thing. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build. Not I have built, but I will build. I will build. In other words, it's going on all the time. Impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to make an announcement. 2020, everybody, they say it was the worst year. 2020 has been the best year of my ministry. Spiritually, physically, and finally, I've touched almost 14 million new people. Somebody shout somebody. Since March the 14th or 15th till now, to December 31st, over 13,500,000 just on social media, not counting broadcast television. I'm preaching on broadcast television to, to 2.9 billion people in 14 different languages. Do I look sad? No, why? The winds are contrary. We don't know what we're going to do. Ah, but impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. Remember, he's walking in fear, but he's so close to Jesus, Jesus' faith is holding him. Then he gets closer to him, he goes, oh, Jesus. He finally recognized, Lord, save me. Now, what made him get out that boat? The spirit of adventure. Write that down. Peter was an adventurous soul. Now, you got to watch, you don't make him mad, he cut your ear off and cuss you out. But he repented the next day. 
<laughs> he one tough cookie. The spirit of adventure will make you want to live your life on the same basis as Jesus. He wanted to live his life on the same basis as Jesus. So he said, if Jesus can walk that water, I can walk that water. He was right in that. The spirit of adventure will move you. You see, why? Why? Because Jesus quickens your faith and the winds quicken your fear. You see, Jesus quickens your faith or makes alive your faith and the winds quicken your fear. So I don't I have nothing to do with fear. Fear is not a part of my life. Fear has torment. Do I look tormented? How many of you have been watching me for years? Hold your hand. Have you ever saw me sad, sick, depressed, discouraged, despondent, broke? <laughs> Why? Not that I'm better than you. Not because I have more faith. Because I don't. I just stay close to Jesus and he quickens and makes alive my faith. Instead of getting close to the winds, which will quicken the fear. I don't deny what I see. I just don't accept it in my life. I focus on my priority. You eliminate all your confusion. So when something comes against me that's unbelievable but impossible, I said, what would the Lord do with that? You see what I'm saying? Jesus quickens your faith. The winds quicken your fear. The spirit of adventure got that boy out there. You got to understand something about Jesus. Jesus could turn in a second. He said, Peter, whom do men say that I am? You want to know who people think about it? Don't you want to know what people think about you? Everybody does, especially if you're a minister. Peter looked at him and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter, man, Jesus was impressed. Wow, Peter. Flesh and blood hadn't revealed to you, but my heavenly Father. And you're going down a few more verses. He said, Get thee behind me, you devil. Because <laughs> Peter could flip quick. <laughs> you know, because of the spirit of adventure in his life. See, you never overestimate your faith and underestimate the danger. That was his problem. He overestimated his faith. He didn't have any. He was in fear. And he underestimated the danger, which was the fear. He says, so I made up my mind to believe the unbelievable, to receive the impossible, because it's doable. Yeah, but. Don't have that in my life. That's the biggest but you'll ever see in your life. You got to get rid of that but. There's no conjunctions in the word of God. But I tried that. Try and don't get nothing. Yeah, but I've, I've done everything I know. And I mean, the devil's fault. Okay, you're still here. Fat lady ain't sung yet. You're still here. That didn't mean we, he said we wouldn't have battles. We're going to have battles. There's no weapon formed against you going to problem. didn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed. It's going to be formed. I've had some major weapons formed against me. But the Bible said they wouldn't prosper. Why? Because I ain't quitting. There ain't no quit in me. My new book was supposed to be out in 2020, but because of the COVID, shut it all down. You couldn't get anybody to print nothing. So it's coming out in the very near future. The title of it is, I Never Learned to Doubt. I know nothing about doubt. Zero. I just believe what he says. See, the, see I have what you call a childlike faith. He said, be childlike. He didn't say be childish. So a lot of times Christian people become childish instead of childlike. You know, children are born believers till you teach them to doubt. They don't know nothing about doubt. They just believe what you say. See, never let what's around you take the place of Jesus before you. See, that was the problem with Peter. He started looking at the winds bars. Never let, let me say it again, write it down. Never let what's around you take the place of Jesus before you. Now, this COVID thing. Oh, man. At one time, Louisiana was one of the highest states that had it. You know how many thousands of people I'm around all the time? 
Now, I believe in social distancing. I help the civil authority. If you want to wear a mask, I believe in all that kind of stuff. what you want, you know. But I just won't make this announcement. And they ain't going to like it when I say it. You think that mask protecting you? <laughs> Yo, mama. <laughs> and if, you, if you're trying to believe the CDC, they can't even run a hospital in the black. How are they going to run a nation? They keep, remember when they told you you didn't have to wear one? Let me tell you, that virus will go right slap through that mask. Uh, the only mask that shuts it down is an N95 surgical mask. All these other ones, you know, with, with the beautiful designs on it, Gucci, <laughs> or Louis Vuitton, and Chanel, and then you got that paper con. <sighs> and all the women are breaking out. They're getting young again, pimples coming all over their faces because they're breathing carbon dioxide. Now, but hey, you want us to wear it? We'll wear it. Hey, I'll wear it. Hey, it, 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 it make you happy. <laughs> Never let what's around you take the place of Jesus before you. Now, I believe in doing those kind of things, and I, I, I won't lay my hands on you. You don't want me to. I, I, I got no problem. I don't have the itch. I don't need to scratch. You understand what I'm saying? But I made up my mind. Well, my man said, but just at this point, you got that thing and you die. Well, I go to heaven. But you don't seem to be worried about that. Why should I? Have you noticed nobody's died of the flu lately? <laughs> what happened to the flu? Everything's COVID related. Could be to get more money on the COVID. Have you noticed? That? You know, nobody's died of old age lately. <laughs> Whatever happened to the flu? Fifty, sixty thousand people a year die of the flu. My God, if you sneeze, COVID. Oh. They don't tell you how many people recovered. Now, it's sad if one person died. I'm not trying to make light of it. That's not the issue. But my point is, my God, man. Why don't you tell about how many people recovered? I like what one doctor said. He said, no one should be counting all the people that are positive. Only count the cases of people that are in hospitals. Because most people that are positive, they don't even know they got it. They really don't know. But there are a lot of people saying a lot of things because they invested in them vaccines. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm for vaccines. If you want to get vaccines, hey, I ain't got no problem with any. I, don't, I love hospitals. I love doctors. I believe in all that kind of stuff. But the real doctor is you. You know when you can't breathe. And sometimes people wait too long. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my Lord, and if you got people just flat scared, you know, it kind of makes me nervous. Somebody comes up with me with 14 masks and they're going, I said, good Lord. <laughs> you know? Do you see what I'm saying? Never let what's around you take the place of Jesus before you. See, so I've had a lot of things come around me, but Jesus quickens my faith and says that I don't have fear. My fear will not quicken anything or the winds quicken the, you know, all the things that are going on will quicken fear. And I refuse to have that in my life. Why? Jesus became what we are in order that we might become what he is. Write that down if you're taking notes. Jesus became what we are in order that we might become what he is. Can I ask you a question? Why are you afraid of rich? Is it because it's a four-letter word? 
Why does that shake you up, Rich? Just say it. Why does that bother you? Church, if poverty is so wonderful, why are they receiving tithes and offerings? And if you think poverty is so great, why are you living in a house when you could be living under a bridge? <laughs> Trying to catch a wild rabbit. <laughs> poverty is a curse. But it sure moves people to give. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Listen to me. It'll move your emotions. Your emotions have nothing to do with it. You are spirit housed in a soul and clothed in a body. The soulless room is what you need to develop. Your spirit's all right. Your spirit's fine. And your body will do just whatever the spirit and soul tells it to do. You see, Jesus became what we are in order that we might become what he is. You, you quoted that. Jesus became poor that through his poverty you might become rich. I bet people say, my budget is so blessed. It ain't my fault. What are you mad at me for? It ain't my fault. <laughs> Why? Deuteronomy 8.18. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. So I give him glory. Why? Because it is he that giveth the power to get what? To get what? I thought that was a sin. I thought that would create greed. There are a lot of poor people greedy ain't got a dime. They got a lot of rich people not greedy at all, got more money than they would do with. Rich don't make you happy, but it does make you comfortable while you're miserable. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about the utility bill or anything else, but just a lot of people commit suicide, filthy rich. Marriage won't make you happy. You think, boy, if I marry her, she will know she, uh, you know, let me, you will marry her and you, you will marry him. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I've had people say, we've never had an argument. You're the biggest liar I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Two people come together, they're going to have some differences. Mm. So Jesus became what we are in order that we might become what he is. Now, the Bible said he came walking on the, first wa on the fourth watch. What does that mean? What was the first watch? Adam to Noah. What was the second watch? Noah to Moses. What was the third watch? Moses to the incarnation of Jesus Christ. God becoming man. What's the fourth watch? Jesus coming back for his church. Where was he going? He was going to protect his disciples coming to get them. Now, if you want to be homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological, you could say the first watch was the law. The second watch was the prophets. The third watch is the incarnation, and the fourth watch is Jesus coming back, the second coming. But see, it all comes into this. You got to understand, the Bible just really coincides good. You ever thought about Eve being a virgin? She was a virgin. Eve. Mary a virgin. You ever notice that God likes gardens? Garden of Eden? Garden Gethsemane, Garden Tomb. Boy, y'all listening. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is pretty simple to figure out. I mean, it's not that hard unless you're trying to become homiletical. See, there are a lot of preachers on Christmas Day was trying to figure out how do I preach this Christmas message because it's the same thing. See, there are a lot of preachers saying something and then there are some preachers have something to say. Write that down, that'll help you. There are a lot of people saying things, but there's some people have something to say. Jesus had something to say, not just saying something. Do you see that? So Jesus became what we are in order that we might become what he is. So if his will be done where? 
Where? As it is where? Then how come you can't be rich here? Because when you get to heaven, you're going to be rich. Think about that for a minute. His will be done. And he gives you the ability to get well. If you remember him. Money's not a bad thing, ladies and gentlemen, unless you fall in love with it, because they certainly don't love you. It's just a tool that you use in the economic world. That's all it is. That's all it is. But if it becomes your security, then it's a sin, not the, not the money you, you see. If anything can be done, experience and skill will do it. That's a fact. If something can't be done, only faith can do it. Let me say it again. If anything can be done, experience and skill will do it. If something can't be done, only faith can do it. Because you walk by faith and not by sight. Now, who was walking by faith on that water? Jesus. Who was walking by fear on that water? Peter. But because faith is so much stronger than fear, it held him up. Until he took his eyes off. See, see, you can be in fear and still looking at God. And God will hold you, boy. But the minute you turn your face, you got problems on your hand. You see what I'm saying? I had a cardiologist. He was a wonderful man. <laughs> he said, now, Reverend, uh, he said, uh, you're in real good shape. And uh, you're going to be here for a while. I said, oh, I know that. He said, how long do you think you're going to live? I said, a lot longer than you. He passed away not long ago. I didn't say that on purpose. He just looked at me and said, he began to tell me some things about this body that I did not know about. You know what I'm saying? You can live in it all your life and not know much about your own body. You know, and so I said, okay, I, I understand that. You know, you can kind of tell me, you know, fill me in, different things of that nature. Let me make this announcement. Parts wear out. You think that woman's wonderful? You think a girl good looking? Oh, yeah. Take pictures. Because it's going to fall down. I'm telling you, it's going down. That man that's got beautiful waves ahead going to have beaches. It's going to happen. Most of the time, it just happens, man. So what? See, yet it was designed to replenish itself until sin came. Now watch this. When you get to heaven, you'll be able to eat. You won't eat because you're hungry or to sustain life because you don't have any blood in your body. You have liquid God flowing in your veins. But those that are not raptured, those that come out of the millennial kingdom will have Adam-like bodies. You will have a spiritual body, a new body, oh, celestial. But they will have Adam-like bodies and have to eat at the tree of life and eat, and eat the leaves of the, uh, for the healing of the nations. So that it would replenish itself. But yours will be totally different. The difference between your body and theirs, you'll be able to put your hand in between all the molecules of this pulpit. They can't. They'll do this. Yours will go. That's why Jesus could walk through. I can't wait till I get that body. <laughs> and it's going to be tall, Peter. Me and you are going to be the tallest people up there. You're going to see Peter, those that can just, you're going to go, my God, I told y'all. <laughs> See, if anything can be done, experience and skill will do it. If something can't be done, only faith can do it. 
Now, let me go back to that word. He said, if, that be, if that's you, Jesus, bid me to come. How many words does it take for you to obey God? One. Just one. If you know Luke 6.38, talk about giving. It says give. That's the only word that you have in that whole verse. Then it all goes to God, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give in new bism? For with, with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you. You only got one word in that whole verse. The rest goes to God. How many times God's got to tell you? You know what's amazing to me that I've seen? Now, Peter, I, I believe you... If you don't agree with me, you'll be the first pastor that didn't since this COVID thing. I just knew for sure, Nikki, that all these real strong people in faith would be the first people to hit the doors when the church opened. I ain't seen any of them. No. I see the baby Christians coming, holding on to their diapers. They got their pampers on. Let's go to church. Let's have church. And all them people, I'll tell you what, man, you thought they could walk the water there. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Yeah. What is, what, what, what? Have you been listening and not hearing? Fear tolerated, faith contaminated. Now, I'm not telling you to come if you've got fear, but you, you, you can be home, stay home, but don't have to operate in fear. See, I'm the one that really should be worried about the COVID. I'm in the age bracket to die. That's what they say. I'm 71 um, uh, and a half. You know, it's a boy. That's nothing to do with manning up. You understand what I'm saying? I will not let fear operate in my life. Because you see, it makes no difference what happens here. You know what death is? I had a man ask me, could you please explain to me death? I said, grant, uh, punctuation. He said, what'd you say? Punctuation. Death is not a period. When you put a period of innocence, everything shuts down. Death is a comma. And then you start walking again. Isn't that a good, that's a good definition. I mean, death is not a period. Boom, that's it. No, it's a comma. Mm, now, let's go again. Then you go into eternity. You see my point? When you understand this, we must be prepared to leave what is comfortable and face the unknown with Christ. You got to be prepared to leave uh, what is comfortable and face the unknown with Christ. It's unknown to you, but it's not unknown to him. See, that's what Moses said. Look, 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 I'll just stay here and be a shepherd. I married this girl. We're going to start our life here. But God went, get that boy. Now, you got to go back to Egypt. Oh, we don't want Pharaoh mad. Don't make no difference what Pharaoh does. You see what I'm saying? The plan is set up, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, we've already won. We already have. Well, supposing they took all our rights away. <laughs> supposing they did. I had a senator from Louisiana said, could you really explain to me what's going on here? I said, yeah. I said, let me tell you something. It's not your job to protect my life. Well, he didn't know what to say. That's my job. It's your job to protect my rights. That's your job. So you go to Washington, D.C. and protect my rights. I'll protect my life. If I don't feel comfortable going somewhere, I won't go. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
We must be prepared to leave what is comfortable and face the unknown with Christ. And I know it's rough sometimes. Stress is a terrible thing. Sickness indeed, you know, having done all the stand, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But it's a shadow. See, the path of obedience always has contrary winds. Always. The path of obedience always has contrary winds. It, 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 it just does. And when you understand that, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. We have learned to sacrifice greatly in the body of Christ. We don't know much about obedience. Boy, we've learned to suffer. Huh? Just beat me, Jesus. Beat me. No, no, I don't want to beat Yeah, just, just, just do it, Jesus. Most of our testimonies are testimonies of sufferings. Now, I know what you think. Well, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. First thing first, yes. You got to understand, where was the, where's the most weight of the Christian church? It's in, on the first church. What's the, where's all the weight of this church on this foundation? I'm on the platform. I'm on, the lightest part of this whole building is this roof. Everything, everything is sitting on that foundation. So they, they would go through it. But do you know they wouldn't have suffered as, as much as they did if they had got out of Jerusalem when Jesus told them to? You know, they didn't leave for 10 years. Do you know that? He said, go in the world and preach the gospel. Go to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. But, you know, we kind of like to hang out with each other. And that's good. Don't misunderstand me. But there's work to be done. You see what I'm saying? And when you understand that, that the path of obedience always has contrary winds. Always. But so what? Children are the greatest things in the world, but they can become contrary. You know why? They, won't, they don't want to be ruled over. Let me help you. They weren't created to be ruled over. You were not created to be ruled over. I can prove that with a baby. A beautiful, sweet, innocent baby. But if, you, if that baby picks up something, and they can be six months, three months, four months, whatever, that they don't, and you force them to do something, they go, you can see it on their little face. Hey, what's your problem? You know why? They were created to rule. We were not created to be ruled over. That's why we don't like it when somebody tells us to do something. What? what? But when sin fell, Satan wanted to rule over us. Can you believe that in the book of Revelation, there's a church that has a seat for Satan to sit in? It's the church of Pergamos. Go see it. It's a seat. What Satan? You mean you make a seat for Satan? Some churches do that. How, why? I have. The, I, I don't know. That doesn't mean I've had easy times. Oh Lord, no! When I first started in the ministry, <laughs> I, 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 in those days you preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. If you did a revival, you started out with two weeks. Am I correct? Way back when, and they might go to six weeks, eight weeks, or whatever. And they would take offerings every service, and the buckets were full. And when, they fin- when I finished preaching, they shook my hand and said, and gave me a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> said, thank you. How many churches I went to said we were fasting? It was a forced fast. One lady said, I preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. And the pastor told me, tell, give him $10 and tell him if he goes to Popeye's chicken, 
and he buys a Coke, they'll give him a free biscuit. That happened to me many times. Ran out of gas, had to hitchhike home. But that never stopped me from preaching. Not bragging on that. See, the path of obedience always has, you know, trouble on it. You know, there's always somebody trying to mess with you. You know, uh, the path of always has winds of the contrary. But that didn't stop me. I said, well, I'll just hitchhike home. And Kathy would say, boy, you lost some weight. I said, it was a force fast. Because I didn't have any money because, see, what I didn't know, I made a lot of money as a young man, as a rocker, but I thought to be saved, you had to be poor, and I was raised poor, and I wasn't ashamed of that. Mom and Dad did the best they could. So when I got born again, I gave all my money away, which they gladly took. They didn't want me, but they sure wanted my money. Well, if I'm no good, why is my money good? You, you, you see my point? But that didn't stop me, and I'm still as excited today about being saved in the ministry as I was when I started out. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been preaching 45 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. 45. Boy, it went fast. I've been in full-time ministry almost every day preaching for 43 years. Hmm. I first came here when everybody dressed up. <laughs> I caught you there, didn't I? Oh, you didn't come to church without a suit on. How many of y'all had Sunday shoes? Oh, you didn't wear them shoes. Let's something. Boy, don't you wear them son. Everybody dressed up. Now you got women with busted jeans on singing, this is the day. <laughs> Brother Copeland calls those jeans with holes in them poverty jeans. <laughs> we used to put patches on. And y'all, anybody remember the years of the patches? <laughs> yeah, everybody dressed up. You don't have to. You know, hey, now you got everybody, you know. Yeah. Good. God never changes. People do. You got the flow with the change. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Contrary winds, I want you to write this down. Contrary winds make some think that, number one, they're sinking, but they're not. He was beginning to sink. He wasn't sinking. Contrary winds make some think they were sinking, that they're sinking, but they're not, number one. Number two, contrary winds make some think some are sinking and they don't know it. They're sinking and they don't know it. And then contrary winds make you, some are sinking miserably and yet they won't do anything about it. I had a man so mad at me, a Nikki, because I'm a blessed man financially. And I went to his church for many, many years. He just get mad at God. How come you're blessing just not blessing me? I said, now I'm going to say something. That's, and this is not my nature. Do I, in all these years, I, I've never made a demand on any, in, in, of this church. Am I correct? No, 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 I pay all my own expenses, do everything. And only believe ministry has been nothing but a blessing to me. Don't misunderstand me. But watch this. <laughs> he was just mad. I said, can I tell you something, man? First, you're the biggest idiot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I figured, well, my God, if this is over, let it be over. I said, I have the anointing of increase on my ministry and on my life. God has sent to me to you for 15 years. Hell, you a partner with this ministry. And I didn't want to say that, but God said, he goes, no, I said, that's your problem. God done sent you someone to get you out. You would not. How many times he sent to Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem, how would I love to minister to you? You know, gather you as a chicken, as a, as a hen gathered chicken, but you would not. It's kind of like a guy on top of a roof and the water's up to the roof and God sends three boats and you don't get in it and you drown. What's your problem? Get in the boat, fool. 
I mean, how many times? And it's not that I wanted anything from the man. I didn't. But if you want this increase, you've got to sow into it. If you want to harvest, and a lot of you are farmers, well, you've got to go out there and plant some seed. Right? But you've got to make sure that fertile ground is fertile for it to produce what you plant. So contrary winds make some think, one, they're sinking, but they're not. Two, they're sinking, and they don't know it. And three, some are sinking miserably, and yet they won't do anything about it. Yeah. You know what I call this church for years? The church under the overpass. You know, when I first came here, I couldn't find it because I went past the overpass. What church? <laughs> Didn't know. And then, he, and then Peter said, my God, I'm building something bigger. And they built this wonderful edifice. This is a blessing of the Lord. But y'all forgot that y'all in a rural area. Someone asked me right before I left, where are you going today, brother Jesse? I said, Botkins. He go, I said, you want a bigger town? Wapakoneta. I don't even know if that's true or not. They go, where's that at? I said, Ohio. Where at in Ohio? Close to Dayton. Oh, I've heard of Dayton. What did he have in Botkins? Me. <laughs> where's the big, where's the black dog? Did he backslide? <laughs> he's in the back. Yeah, he's in the back. He's in, I done heard him once too many. I'm going to stay in the back. <laughs> I, like, I like that black dog. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, they can't get over. See, they think I'm a big preacher. <laughs> Look at me. I am 5'7". I prefer to say 516. I had nothing to do with big. I could care less. A man called me the other day. He said, you know, my brother Jesse, I mean, you know, you preach with the biggest guys in the world. We just thought you would not come back there. I said, what? 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 That makes no difference. How can you, why? They said, how can you fly jets and go all over and, and don't charge nobody? Even in missions, I don't, I just go. Well, my God. Oh, I like to say, my God, personal, supplies, how much need? How much? According to what? Where? So who cares what Ohio's doing? Or Botkins, or Wapakoneta, or Lima, or Lima. has nothing to do with you. You make your living by your giving, not you. You don't make a living, you make a giving. If you make a giving, your living will come. But see, some people want to lay on the ground and angels drop grapes in their mouth. <laughs> no, no. God's blessed me greatly, but he's always added work to it. My man Lincoln here in Bible College. <laughs> and I just love it, Daddy. Got him a job. He just come home just a couple of weeks. Come on, boy. And he'd think that works, though. He said, man, I'm on me. It's, it's, I, I, I did the same thing to my dad. I worked, and I said, hey, dad, let's arm wrestle. Come on, dad, you old man. And listen. I said, you ready, dad? Bam! And I busted my knuckles on the table, Lord Jesus. And his dad did the same thing to him. Just bust his knuckles. 
I ain't gonna tell you my mama did it too. So, but <laughs> well, mama was mama was tough, son. I didn't play with my mama. <laughs> See, the winds were contrary. I'm gonna say this in close. I gave my mama a lot of contrary winds. Woo, did I have a good God. But she never fell asleep till I got home. My mama could hear ants crossing carpets. <laughs> My daddy didn't even know when I came in. He figured if he dies, I'll make another one look just like him. <laughs> That's my dad, but he didn't care about nothing. Mama said, boy, you all right? I'm, I'm, I'm all right, mama. <laughs> Powerful, boy. Women are not the weaker sex. That's a lie from hell, boy. It just is. Thank God. See, God made Adam and went, I think I can do better. <laughs> Shout, ladies, I just set you free. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I can do better. <laughs> Kathy told me doing this COVID thing. Now, I'm preaching almost every day, okay? Well, I, we, we got shut down to, to, to travel, you know what I'm saying? Now, she's the pastor. The she looks at me, she said, I think you ought to be preaching every Sunday here at the church. She said, you're the head of this ministry. I said, you just figured that out? <laughs> it's taken you 44 years to figure that out? She said, shut up. I said, okay, I'm going <laughs> to shut up. See, I've learned, see, when you're young, you want to bump up against that. Tell you one thing, woman. It don't work, man. Just... Humble yourself, Jesus. <laughs> so, hey, whatever. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. Do you like the devil? No. But sister so-and-so is not the devil. She may look like a devil, smell like a devil, act like the devil, but she's not the devil. I got to say something. There's some people, Christian people, I don't like. I mean, I was arguing with God the other day. I said, God, I tried. I've done everything I can to like this guy. I don't, Lord, in my frustration, I said, how many of you ministers here? Y'all ministers, hold your hand up. This is about, I don't like him. And the Lord said, neither do I. <laughs> I don't like him neither, Jesse. But I went to the cross and died for him. See, I had mixed up the difference between love and like. You got to love everybody, but you ain't got to like everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Some people are not thorns in the flesh. They're complete bushes. Am I telling the truth? And they sure, and a lot of them in the family. They always, in the, they always got one in the family. Uh, is she coming for Christmas dinner? Yet? Oh. But impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. And I gave my mama all kind of trouble. Mama went to heaven on Easter Sunday, 1982. Four years ago, God gave me a statement that blew my socks off. He said, Jesse, the promises of God are far, far, far more powerful than the sins of people. And the first thing that came up in my mind was my mama. She'd say, 
you little heathen from hell. It's just your tough luck you were born to me. You're getting saved whether you like it or not. I didn't understand that when she said it. I thought she done lost her ever-loving mind. Crazy woman. But what she was saying in a different way is what God spoke to me just a few years back. The promises of God are far more powerful than the sins of people. And all the promises of God are yea and amen, which means yes and so be it. There's over 7,000. Most people don't even get 15 of them. But they're all there for you. Do you see my point? Do you see what I'm saying here? So maybe you got a kid that's going nuts on you. Or something going crazy. What does God's promise to you? Psalms 89, 34. My covenant will I not break. Nor alter the thing that goes out of my lips. Psalms 89, 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known his faithfulness. Psalms 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And at the time he wrote that verse, no one was redeemed. He, he, was, he was quoting Romans 4. I call it those things that be not as though they were. So my mother got to see me preach the gospel before she left. She started, she saw me preach the <laughs> I went full-time ministry in 1978. I, I preached my first message the first January 1976. i never forget. Boy, I, <laughs> Peter, I thought I was doing good. Mama stood up right in the middle of the service and said, Jesse, I need to say something. <laughs> right, there's the first. I, I, uh, Jesse. And the whole church, I look at me, I said, uh, that's my mama. I wanted to say, sit your fat self down. But I did, I can only say that after she went to heaven. I can't say that. She killed me. See what I'm saying? And I went, what, mama? She said, ladies and gentlemen, you're looking at a miracle of God right now. That boy was the biggest heathen and never from it. Whoa, mama, whoa, whoa, man. You wouldn't believe the hell he brought me and the sin. But look at him today. He's preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. People did what you did. They applaud. Then she looked at me. She said, Jesse, proceed. She sat down. <laughs> Promises of God are far more powerful than the sins of people. Tell that to Phyllis. Not denying what you're feeling. Promise is greater. If you got a sickness and disease in your body, by his stripes you were, you are, you am, you is. Say it what you want. I'm not denying the pain. I'm not denying. I deny it's right. What long life would he satisfy you? How long you want to live? Well, you got 120 years at Genesis 6-3 if you want it. With full ability, capability, and capacity. Don't tell me God can't do nothing. He made a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman and got her pregnant. Now, that's a miracle. I had a 90-something-year-old man. I heard him say it. He said, you never, you never, you know, 90-something-year-old people can say anything. You Nobody ever says anything. They just say, he said, you never stop wanting sex, even in your 90s. You just lose the ability. And I thought, isn't that great news? <laughs> Thanks for that. 
But God said, Abraham, through Sarah, will all the nation of the world. And she started laughing. And women are lie like a dog, even if God's right there. She said, why'd you laugh, Sarah? I didn't laugh. Yeah, you laughed, Sarah. You did laugh. I heard you. I did laugh. Everybody makes mistakes. And Isaac, which means laughter, was born. So what impossible thing, if you've lost some things during this time, the Bible said, catch the thief, return it sevenfold, and the substance of his house. You can get all his furniture so he can't sit down. Plus everything you got seven times that you lost. How long does it take? You're going to live forever. What are you worried about that? See, death and life's in the power of the tongue. They that love it, love what? Death or life. Go to Deuteronomy. I put before you death and life, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you, that you and your seed may live. Do you see that? So mama got to see me preach. I'll say this and then I'm going to close. But there was four people in the Duplantis family, three boys and one girl. Deborah's in heaven. And I was six years older than Deborah. And my youngest brother, I'm seven years older. My oldest brother was 22 months older than me, Wayne. If you hear all the stories about me and my brother, me and Wayne were raised together. Deborah and Mark were raised against. By the time Deborah got 12 or Mark got 11, I'm out the house. You see what I'm saying? My brother just passed away about five months ago. We fought like cats and dogs all our lives till he got about 55. And I thought, why did we fight so much? He had congestive heart failure. I'm the only one in my family that's never had a heart attack. Both my younger brother and my dad and my oldest brother, Wayne, all had major terrible heart attacks at 34, totally disabled by the time they're 36. I've never had a heart attack, 71 years old. Watch. Oh, wait, give God glory. Watch it. Not better than them. <laughs> and uh, so his heart, he had a pacemaker and all that kind of stuff. Began to shut down, see. And the doctor said, Wayne, I, I can't keep you alive. He said, good, then it's time for me to get out of here. He said, you know, so I, this is during the COVID, and me and Kathy was in the line at Chick-fil-A because the only thing you could get was fast food because everything was shut down in New Orleans. I don't know about in Ohio, but it's just the way it was. We get a phone call. He said, Jesse, this is Wayne. That's how he talk. Jesse, this is Wayne. I said, hey, Wayne, how come you ain't come see me? I said, I can't go in the house, but they won't let me because of the COVID. Well, I just want to let you know, this is, my, this, is, this is my final call. I said, what? He said, I told him to take the pacemaker, shut it down. I said, I'm out of here. I said, okay. I said, uh, he said, I sure like to make it to 75. He was 72. He's 22 months older than me. I said, well, we can make that happen if you want to believe by faith. No, I've had enough. <laughs> Can't fight that. That's someone's will. Sure like to see you before. I said, well, Wayne, I can't see you in the hospital. They won't let me in there. He said, I'm going home this afternoon. So he said, I don't want no what do call it, resuscitation. Yeah. Shut it all down. He said, I'll go home. That boy, they thought he would die that night. He lived a whole week. That was a Monday to a Monday. He had everybody invited over his house. He's having a party. 
just enjoying himself. He said, Jesse, no funerals. I hate funerals. You know how much I hate funerals? I said, yeah, no funeral. Make sure that I get cremated and put my ashes in my daughter's grave, which was Michelle. She was killed in a pickup truck accident when she was 14 years old. She was six months older than my daughter, Jody. He said, I want that to happen. I said, okay, no funeral. So I go over to see him. Now, what I'm about ready to tell you, I believe you'll believe me because Peter knows me. Can I come down here, Peter, for a second? All right. So I go see him. Both of us have very skinny legs. <laughs> he said, Jesse, look at this. See, his body was filling up with fluid, and it started in his legs. He said, these legs look better than ever looked in my life. Look at these legs. I've been wanting it. And I got real skinny calves. <laughs> he said, look how nice they But I, was, I said, but Wayne, I mean, your skin is, it was starting to split. Because he said, I don't care. I've always wanted big legs and cut the bottom. Man, this is great. I'm going out with big legs. Ain't this something? It's just, you know, that's my brother, Wayne. So we sit there talking. We had a really great conversation. He said, I want to tell you something. I've always was jealous of you. I said, what? What, what did I have that you could be jealous of? He said, I don't know, just stupid. It was my fault. He said, you know, we never told each other we loved each other, any kind of stuff, because we weren't allowed to do that. We never cried. Wasn't allowed to cry. I come from a generation, men don't cry, women cry. I didn't tell my wife I loved her until five years after I married her, because that was weakness. Don't say that stuff. Buy her something. Now, the, the woman would prefer you say it. Or if she said, I love you, most men go, me too. How many ladies know what I'm talking about? Come on. Especially people of our generation. Just struggle with that, you know. So we sit in there. I said, wait, I don't understand it. He said, we're just, just the devil. He said, but I want to tell you something. You're the greatest brother I've ever had in my life. I said, well, you was too. And we ain't shut. No, no tears. Mm. I said, you want to cry? He started tears coming in his eye. I didn't. I said, you're better than I am. It still hadn't been able to release that. You know, you've been told all your life to suppress. Any man know what I'm talking about? If you're my age, I know you, you know, just the way it is. Back then, I, thank God today, boys can cry. Glory to God. What a blessing of the Lord. So we looked at each other. Man, we had a great conversation. Uh, we, we told stories of some of the funniest things we had going on. He said, well... He said, well, I'm, I'm checking out of here, man. I said, Wayne, we can stop that. You know that? He said, I know, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm ready, Jess. I'm just ready. I said, okay. I said, well, I, I got to get back home. So now, what I'm about ready to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. If this didn't happen to me, I don't know if I could believe it. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I would have a hard time believing this. If this, you know, if it hadn't happened to me. Somebody told me this. It happened. So as I'm walking out of his house, walking about this fast, I looked over and said, hey, Wayne. I said, tell everybody up there, I said, hi. All my uncles, all my aunts, my grandparents, my mother, my father, my sister. There's just not hardly anybody left. He said, I'll do that, man. I said, I'll see you. He said, okay. Closed the door. Got in my car and I drove home. I watched that. That's on a Monday. He didn't die Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He had parties going, everybody coming in. I said, some people said, you might get the COVID. He said, so? 
He had such a humor about himself, you know. So, you know, I can't breathe now like as if that's going to, you know, catch. Well, the doctor said when you die of congested heart failure, you, you know, you can't get enough oxygen. You, you, you know, you smother in a sense, you know. So now Monday, a week later, I walk into Kathy's office and I say, Kathy, it's 1.26 in the afternoon. I don't want my brother gasping for breath. I want him to fall asleep and just wake up in the arms of Jesus. I said, stand up. Give me your hands. Come here, Nick, if you don't mind. I'm going to use you. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick is like a daughter to me. I've been known her for a long, long time. This, so me and Kathy, oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. I said, Lord, when it's time for Wayne, just let him fall asleep. Mm-hmm. We thank you for it. And Kathy said, yes. I said, if two of us agree. And I look at me, Nick, I said, Kathy, will you be my two? She said, I'll be your two. If two of you agree. Okay, you can be seated. 126. Finished praying. Took about maybe 20 seconds, Peter, to pray. At 128, the phone rings. Oh. It's his wife, Billy. That was a nickname. She said, Wayne just passed. I said, he did. She said, he fell asleep and woke up in the arms of Jesus. No gasping. No nothing. Wait. I ain't finished yet. Wait. I thought, praise the Lord. She said, now, you know he don't want no funeral. She said, the family may get mad. I said, Billy, there's only two of us left. I don't, I, I, I don't think anybody's going to get mad, you know what I'm saying? You know, well, maybe the friends will. I said, well, maybe they will, but they ain't family. She said, okay, I'll do what he said. I said, I thank you for that. Now, that's Monday. I go to sleep Monday night. I get up. It's my, I do this every day, well, five days a week. I get on that treadmill. I do my exercise. All that kind of stuff. I'm the only one in my family that's had some form of exercise since I'm a child. I like it, you know, I just do it. Make a long story. Well, I don't like it, I just do it, you know. I get on the treadmill and I crank that thing and I'm going, this is Tuesday morning. Now, this is the unbelievable. I have people that cut my grass. I live in a beautiful home. And I have landscapers, they come, you know. All of a sudden I hear all kind of noise, shouting and hollering. I'm thinking, the landscaper should, this, this, this is Tuesday. They don't come till Friday. Because I like my yard looking immaculate during the weekend. You know, what they call that, edging and edging. all that kind of stuff, you know. And it gets louder and louder. It's about 7.30. I said, Kathy, because Kathy, she likes to do her devotion reading. I said, it's getting louder and louder. I said, how many of them they got out there? I'm on the treadmill. How many they got out there? Normally it's about four. It sounded like there was 15 or 20 of them. Getting louder and louder. I thought to myself, what is, you know what I'm saying? So I hit the the pause button on on the uh, treadmill. I get off the treadmill and I go walk out there and I'm going to open up the door and say, hey guys, what's going on? Y'all having a party or something? These are really nice people that that cut our yard, you know. Wonderful people. Watch this. So I open up the door and I look out there and I hear this, hey, just loud. Hey, Jesse told me to tell everybody hi. I get goosebumps. There was nobody in the yard. I walked around my house. I have a wrought iron fence around my house. You can't get out of there. I stopped. And it was Wayne's voice. Hey. Jesse told me to tell everybody hi. And I thought, them people are having a party up there. <laughs> and he went like this, hi. 
I didn't ask God for that, Peter. I didn't. Anything, nothing. I come in. I said, Kathy. She said, you need to talk to them landscapers. There's a lot of noise out there. She didn't hear Wayne's voice, but she heard the noise. So if you got somebody that's in heaven, they are having a knockdown, drag out time. Enjoying each other, enjoying God. I heard that with my own brother's voice. Why did God do that? Marge, I don't know. I didn't ask him, but he did bring comfort to me. I mean, I knew he was going to heaven. And God already had just let him fall asleep. You know, so that in itself is good enough. This, you know. So finally, I got an answer the other day. This has been five or six months. I said, um, why did you allow me to hear my brother talking to all of my people? He said, I thought you might like it. He says, sometimes I pull back the curtain and I let people hear. They want to hear you. So they heard me and I heard them. Ain't that something? That's the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Ain't that something? So if you know somebody in your family that went home with or a friend or whoever, you know, my God. It's a wonderful time. And then we start eternity. Remember, death, if that comes to you, is a comma. Then you start walking again. So I'm going to say one more thing and then we'll receive an offering for our ministry. (laughs) I know the will of God, Peter. The word of God is the will of God. I know the word of God. There's only one prayer that I pray every day. And if you're one of my partners, I pray for you every day. You'll never be a day without prayer. Never. But there's one prayer that I say in this devotion, if it be your will. And I pray this prayer, Lord, Genesis 6, 3, the 120 years, Lord, for me and Kathy, Jody and Meredith and Jay, that's my family, my daughter, one daughter, one granddaughter, son-in-law. I said, Lord, if you don't mind, I say it just like it, if you don't mind. I'd like you to come in my lifetime. Not that I'm afraid to die, because I cross that bridge when I get there. But I'd like to go to heaven with my family. Amen. Amen. If you don't mind. If it be your will, you can push up the time. Then I give him an example. Remember when you pushed up the time for Mary at the wedding at Cana? You got to give him his word. He said, put me in. Remember. I said, remember when she said, are we out of wine? He said, what do I got to do with me? I got a day off here. I'm just trying to enjoy myself at the wedding here. But you know how mamas are. She goes over to the guys and say, oh, do whatever he tells you. I'm pretty sure that Jesus would be like uh, where Lincoln is. And every time Mary walked by, she'd go. <laughs> six miracles happened that day. There were six water jugs, sir, and God turned them all into wine. He said, woman, it's not my time. But Jesus pushed up the time. Turn the water into wine. I said, so, Father... Only the Father knows that day. Jesus don't even know. Why doesn't Jesus know? Because if the Father told Jesus when he's coming back, he'd tell us, Thursday, 2 o'clock. 
<laughs> you know, no, he don't know. So I said, Father, if it be your will, push up the time. Then I, I finish it just like this. Think about it. <laughs> but if not, then the 120 years with full ability, capability, and capacity. I'm not talking about running around doing marathons. I'm just talking about taking care of myself in every which way, shape, or form. Pray that every day. Well, the Bible said, come, let us reason together. I think it's reasonable. I said, think about it. Come on, you just think about it, Father. Think. Why not? Because one day, maybe not too far in the distant future, some people are going to come to this church on Sunday and nobody's going to be here. I know Peter ain't going to be, he's there, I ain't showing up. <laughs> That's God, see. So impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. Where's the camera? I'm Jesse Duplantis and I approve this message. Give Jesus a hand clap for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the fourth watch. Jesus coming back to rescue his disciples. Jesus is coming back to take us and rescue us. In just a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to give to our ministry. It's a good ministry. It's been debt-free since 1982. How many of you get my part in the letter? Hold your hand up. Every dime that comes into our ministry, 100% of it goes into world evangelism. We have no debt. We've been out of debt since 1982. My office, foreign offices are all debt-free. Everything's debt-free. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a miracle about a week ago, week, oh, excuse me, about two weeks ago. I have been fighting New Orleans Armstrong International Airport since 94. Everything they said I couldn't have, I have. I'm the only one in 44 years that has his own fuel form at Armstrong International Airport. Shell Oil Company, multi-billion dollar company, could not get it. Well, I've been wanting this other building so I could build my offices. We call it the Red Roof Building. They said that will never happen. Ladies and gentlemen, it just happened. Woo! Now, we're going to have to renovate it. We're going to be signing the contracts. Uh, that they're doing the meet board meeting. I think, on, I think it's January the 18th. And I, but it's, it's, it's ours. So we're going to renovate it to make it look nice. Because you see, everyone that's ever come there Every jet that lands at Armstrong International Airport comes by my hangar. They're going to see that. I'm thinking about putting a blinking sign. Jesus. Jesus. Hell. Which one do you want? <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, something just unique. I don't know. If you don't mind what you give tonight, I'm going to place it toward that to renovate it. Probably got to put another roof on it, air condition, all kinds of stuff. But we got to just put it all together. And I like to tell people where their finances are going. So I got a hold of a contract. I said, what are we looking at here money-wise? And all this kind of, he said, well, it just depends on what you want to do. I said, do you think we can do it for $100,000? He said, I think so. So I'm going to believe God for that, and that's going to happen. It's just that simple. So if you don't mind what you give tonight, I'm going to place it toward that. I deal with $1,000 givers because of the hundredfold return I've always had. So I believe for 100 people to give $1,000 and take care of that. And it will happen. There ain't no other choice in the matter. There is no other choice in the matter. God's word is true. So ushers, if you'll pass out those offering envelopes, this is a Jesse the Planet's ministry. 
No, 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 no. I got that. Forget this. Got it. You got them on the back. Okay, y'all do it different. Y'all got them big shiny buckets. Oh, they're great. Can y'all bring them shiny buckets? One hundred percent of it. Make make your checks out. I'm so used to going there. Make your checks out to only believe ministry. Most of the time, I'm doing conventions and stuff. So so used to saying JDM. Make it out because you can trust these people. I trust them. It doesn't make no difference. And I will not put one dime or one nickel of it toward my expenses. I won't do that. I'm gonna pay for that myself. We just do that. I'm not broke. I'm gonna make everybody. I'm not. I'm not broke. I'm far from broke. I don't even crack when I walk, much less being broke. You see what I'm saying? So I just want to be a blessing, and I'll take care of that. So 100% of what you give will go toward that. Now, don't get mad at me if you get your house paid off, because I'm going to take that money and put it on God's house. If you plant apple, you get apple. You know, you plant peaches, you get peaches. What do y'all plant around here? Corn? If you plant corn, you get corn. It'd be kind of crazy if you planted a whole field of corn, you got cucumbers. Right? Cucumbers are pretty good. Praise God. I like cucumbers. So I'm going to ask you to do your best. Make your check out to Only Believe Ministry. They'll issue us one check. We'll have an offering tonight and an offering tomorrow. I'll be preaching tomorrow morning. I'm going to preach this last message, the last time I preach it on Great Expectation. Gets great results. And I'm going to tell you some miracles that have happened in 2020 that has never happened for Jesse to plan his ministries. That doesn't mean we ain't had trouble. Oh, so what? I don't care about that, see. But I realize that God's word is so true. So I'm going to ask you to do your best. And they, this church has the shiniest buckets I've ever seen in my life. I don't know where they got them things, but they sure are nice. So how, y'all do it by having people come forward. Is that how that works, Peter and Nikki? So I'm going to ask you to do your best. Don't give me anything that belongs to Only Believe Ministry. But the anointing of increase is on me. I'll give you a testimony. We had a lady come and got me and Kathy to agree with her. She was looking for a certain amount of money. And it was a big chunk for her business. I said, she said, I brought a $1,500 seed. I said, you ready to get blessed? Because we're going to go way over this number. I said, the anointing increase is on me. And it's on my ministry. She did. Kathy called her day before yesterday. She surpassed it. Oh, it, oh thousands and thousands and thousands more. I said, why, why are you shocked? Didn't you believe me? Do you see my point? You get to that point like you're like a child. Like one time someone told me, well, suppose, you, well, suppose they won't give you money to eat, then I'll fast. And the devil said, nothing bothers this guy. Yeah, who bothers me is you. And I love to irritate the devil. And I always pray this way. I get great pleasure in telling you, get under my feet. Then I use St. John 14, 12, 13, and 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you believing for? If you just got your January partner letter, we're dealing with 2021 on that. What shall I do for thee? But tomorrow morning, I'm going to finish out great expectation, get great results. I mean... God can't move unless you talk, unless you say so. He didn't create till he said light be. You see what I'm saying? And then Ephesians 5.1 comes in, be you therefore imitators of God. So you have to imitate him. Who do you think you are? Everything he says. Whether you believe it or not has nothing to do with it. It's I've got to believe it. And you've got to believe it. And God's word is true. We call Marge and our wonderful husband, uh, my, my, my guy Joe, he, <laughs> 
Why do you have a jet? Because you can't get out of Wapakoneta unless you've got one. Well, they canceled Joe's flight. Good, good thing they caught me. I said, well, Joe, fly with me. But then we didn't have a rental car because it's hard to get. What are we going to do? I said, you know, call Marge. And see if Marge would help us out. And they went and get him and all that kind of stuff. And I was walking with Marge in the FBI and I thought, I'd love to be as tall as a husband, but I'll be as tall as her if you let me, Jesus. <laughs> Just let me be as, I'll, I'll take my, I'll be as tall as Marge. I mean, her husband's a lot taller, but I, I'll take anything. You know, so I'm going to ask you to do your best. And one day you may fly to New Orleans and you're going to fly by something that belongs to God Almighty at a federally mandated international airport. And they said, who's that new hangout? They all I said, oh, that belongs to Jesse the Plants. Man, he says it's God's. And sometimes the, the Jets want to go, God's? Go right by it. So if you'll stand to your feet with your offering, let me say it again. Don't give me anything that belongs to your church. How many of y'all believe 100 people will give a $1,000? You don't have to give it. Just believe. Hold your hand up. Just, some people go, I ain't lifting my hand. I'm <laughs> well, you may be one of those. You may not be. I, I say that every year. But you notice I always have a project. I have a $20 million project, $26 million project on my, on my desk right now. You know, God don't care how old I am. He said, I've given you a lot of energy. My own staff said, boss, we cannot stay up with you. I said, well, I ain't trying to man up on nothing. It's just what I do. So are y'all going to play a little something? And then they can, so get out of your seats and bring your seed. Then I want to pray for you real quickly. Come do that. Hallelujah. Well, look at that. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. Thank you for giving to this ministry. Thank you for making checks out there. Only believe or you can give online. I don't know how all that works. Just what's the easiest for you. You know, while some are walking, the Lord is taking care of people's bodies right now. There's a man here you've been having a real struggle with your calf, almost like a pull's hamstring, and I, not a hamstring, but it goes down to, down to your calf. And the Lord's healing that. Now, when you get in your car, it won't hurt no more. There's another person in their left shoulder, you have a hard time picking up something in your left shoulder. And they say, you may have to do surgery on that. No, it won't. God's going to fix the thing. And you, thank you, Holy Ghost. And when you go in your refrigerator tomorrow to get some milk or get some oranges, you go to grab the thing, it won't hurt no more. Ooh, what a blessing. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost, you that are standing up. If you finish giving. He said, tell them, Jesse, they have my uninvited attention. Tell, me, tell them to tell me what they want. Tell them to tell me what they want. How long you want to live? You want to live, uh, uh, you can be bound, or you can live free. And whom the Son is set free is free indeed. And if you believe in God for someone to get saved, guess what? They're going to get saved. Because the promises of God are far more powerful than the sins of people. Can't you see that? That's understanding that. Impossible things happen when the winds are contrary. How many people need more business and, and you want to recover everything that may have been lost? Hold your hand up. Let me pray. Angels, go forth and receive from them. Bind the devil like Michael did. Bind him. Make him return sevenfold in the substance of their house, Lord. Lord, I decree and declare it. Lord, let testimonies come to only believe ministry or our ministry because of this prayer that we prayed. 
God, that they'll receive spiritual, physical, financial, whatever it may be. Lord, I thank you for it. The Lord's healing someone's kidney right now. Glory be in having a burning. Ah, yes, Lord. You're going to, the Lord didn't say a stone. He said, you're going to pass infection and it'll be over with. You won't have any more pain concerning that. Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry about your grandchildren. I'll make sure they all make it to my place, saith the Lord. Ooh, that's for a person that's really been concerned about their grandchildren. My God. The reason why they call grand, grandchildren, because they're grand. That is a blessing. And then they'll produce you some great ones after that. There's several people have been struggling with debt of such a magnitude and you just can't seem to get out from under the load. Then stop what you're doing. And having done all the stand, now just stand and I'll take the debt load off of you. And I'll do it the way you never thought I would do it. If I've got to use an unbeliever to do it, I'll do it, saith the Lord. I'll function in that. And I've already told people who love me to do something, but they won't. So I, that's why it's taken so long. I've been waiting for them to listen. But I'll go get an unbeliever and bless them with the blessing that the believer should have got. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hey, sweetheart, you right there with the mask in your hand. That's you, this lady right here? The Lord just told me to tell you, you can live as long as you want to live. You can do anything you want to do. Age don't have a thing to do with you in any way, shape, or form. And if you don't mind, I'd like to visit you sometimes if you allow me to come. When you least expect it, I'll show up and you will not be afraid, but you will be surprised. And I got someone in heaven you never thought made it, but they're there. They're there. I did it for you. Oh, Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that person said, she needs to know that I'm here. See, God does things you never thought possible. Why? Why not? He's a creator. He's a good God. Elo Reso Kondala. 2021 will be a year of great abundance. But it won't happen unless you ask. Never get tired of asking. It'll be a year, that Brother Copeland said, of the local church. And all you that are sitting home, what are you doing when the Bible said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves? My God, this auditorium is big enough if you want to sit all the way in the back. If they're breathing, your breath, their breath would never touch you in years. If you get way up there, you're concerned about that for God's sake. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves. You know why? Because you draw faith from each other. There's corporate faith coming. As well as your own faith being manifested. New businesses are coming, saith the Lord. Don't worry about what's happening in the political realm. A lot of disobedience going on. But I'm going to fix things. But not the way you thought. 
But I ask my people to pray that I put righteous in authority because when the righteous is in authority, the nation prospers. Don't expect them to understand because the natural man receiveth not the things of God. Thank you. I will let you know which prophets were right and which prophets were wrong. You won't even have to figure it out. You'll know. Some just like to say things that I have nothing to do with for attention's sake. Others are speaking my oracle. The Lord's healing a man's left ear right now. Sometimes you wake up because your head's been on a pillow and it hurts so much. That's going to cease and desist now. I'm going to be very busy tonight. And if people will listen, they will hear the rustling of angels because I'm placing them on assignment. They are ministering spirits set forth to minister to you. If you would know me and love me, I would build a place for you here and in heaven. So if you don't know who I am, just believe in me and ask me to forgive you and I will. And not only will I forgive you, saith the Lord, I will blot everything you've ever done in my mind never be to remember it against you anymore. Amen. The human race can't do that, but I can. And I'll make your life worth living. So would everyone pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, I ask you, forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sin before you this day. I denounce Satan, all his works. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth. Jesus rose from the dead. I am saved. From this night forward, you are mine and I am yours. I pray this prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a standing ovation. People just got saved. The Lord has something for Peter and for Phyllis when you can tell her that when you get home. The reason why y'all been hit so hard because of the dynamic and power that's in your ministry. Satan's done everything he could to shut down, to discourage, to cause despondency. But you have already won. It'll all turn out right. I will fix things that need fixing. But sometimes I've had a hard time getting your attention when I wanted you to rest. But I did not send these things to you. But don't take on my work, saith the Lord. That's my business. Just walk when I tell you to walk. And do when I tell you to do. And all the pressure will be gone. Yes, Lord. I have a big thing that's about ready to happen in your lives. 
I just asked the Lord, what is it? I can tell the man. He said, ain't none of your business, Jesse. Okay? I understand that. But it's something you've always wanted. He said, tell him it's time. You haven't done anything wrong. Peter, you make the devil very nervous. Because you know he's defeated, restricted, and rejected. And every time he's tried to take you out, I stood before you and I stood beside you. I stood behind you and I stood in you. You will complete your destiny and reach your destination. I say it with great, great integrity because you have walked that way. Some people have not understood you. I kept your personality intact. You got the same personality as your sinner as you are now. The difference is you got a changed heart. But it needed to be because, see, I didn't want to lose Peter. I just wanted to lose what Peter did before he knew me. And we took care of that. So be a good cheer, my servant. Because you're more than a servant. You're my son. And you that are under his ministry, listen to this man's words. Listen to his words. Because his words are going to become my words. And if you don't think I can do that, every word that was spoken in the Bible was spoken by human lips. But I made it my words. John's words, Peter's words, Paul's words became my words. Matthew's words became my words. Luke's. And I will do the same again. The Bible is finished. Yes, it's complete. But words will come forth from you, Peter. And it will help these people that will come and stay with you. I will bring you covenant people. They will not walk away when the winds get contrary. And those that have left, if you come back, I will restore everything. But it all has to do with your will. I will not break your free will. But you know what you should do, so do it. And I'll bless your, all the works of your hand. And knowledge will come like no one has ever heard. Visions and dreams, miracles, but beyond miracles. Why I do miracles. Why I do healings. What would be the difference? The working of miracles, the healing, the, you will know instead of trying to figure out. But I will say this to the church. The fullness of time is almost complete. Almost complete. So look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Notice I didn't say look down because that's the grave. Look up. If you look down, you'll go down. You look up, you go up. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The Lord said, and I have been considering what you told me to think about it. That's a, he just told me that. That just blessed me. 
He said, tell him, Jesse, you've been pushing me hard. You better know I'll push you hard. <laughs> Think about it. Come, let us reason together. The fullness of time. It's your fullness. It's not his. Time doesn't exist with him. Because he was. So that fullness is us. Give the Lord a standing ovation again. There's a quivering in a person's hand does this. I don't know what that kind of does this. That's going to stop. You will feel the physical hand on that hand at 2 o'clock this morning. There will be such a warmness, it will grow hot. And it will push out the tremor. I just said, Lord, why don't you do it now? Because they need to feel it physically when I put my hand. And you said, I hope it's me. That's why you got to wait to two. You don't have to hope when I say something. Now faith is something's hopeful, but the evidence of it is not seen because it takes faith. I hope you can bring a friend tomorrow. If you can, if you go to a, a, another local church, then you please go. Thank you for coming. You that are watching all over out there, thank you for giving me a portion of your time. Get ready. What shall I do for thee? That's what God will say all in 2021. But if you don't say nothing, nothing will happen. So pick it, stick it. Pick and stick. Don't stop, but pick them. And if people think you're foolish, let them think what they want. When it's all said and done, you will have the testimony, the great God, Jehovah, has been good to me. Give Jesus a hand clap as pastor comes. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Jesse. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, that's God's time. So we ought to be on God's time. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, Brother Jesse will be with us. And please bring a friend and expect a miracle because they're just an act of faith away. All righty, God bless you. We'll see you later.